Amen. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands with me. Just say, Father, Father we, receive we receive everything, everything you, have for us you have for us that we might have an abundance, have an abundance for, every for every good work in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Are you ready? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, uh, I want you this morning to get ready and uh, to receive this message. This is a foundational message, okay? This, this message this morning is a foundational message, and uh, we all need to hear it. We all need to live by it. And, and also, I want you to do this. If you know anybody that's not here, if you look around like, hey, they're from my life group, but they're not here, um, tell them, call them up and say, you got to hear this message. You got to hear it because it's foundational. It will change everything. The message that I'm talking about this morning is what I would call the two parts of life. And uh, this is the message years ago that the Lord gave to me. And uh, I got up in front of the congregation and said, I'm sorry, I have to repent. And a few of you were there at that point, but I said, I've been living opposite of this for all of my life, and I just realized it's wrong, and I see it in the Word, and I need to change it. And I'll tell you this, we instantly saw results from it. Immediately, the power of God started to flow on a different level because of this message. And the Lord had been uh, dealing with me to talk about it and to bring it back some. And uh, so I wanted to share it this morning as I was uh, getting ready. The Lord said, I want you to talk about the two parts of life. And so let's go to John 10.10. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. They'll put it up on the screen. Uh, John 10.10 says, The thief comes only, and, and I want you to notice this, only in order to steal and kill and destroy. He comes for no other purpose. He's not bringing fun. It's not going to be fun and games in hell. He has one purpose, steal, kill, and destruction. That's it, right? That's it. That's what he comes for. He's not coming for you to have a good time. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. So a lot of times we get that mixed up because there's a lot of stuff in the world that the thief authored, that the thief was the originator, the devil was the originator of. But all of those things are designed to steal from you, kill the life and the fullness of God's life, and destroy that. Right? He, but Jesus said, this is red letters, he said, I came that they, all people, may have and enjoy life. Yeah. So what Jesus actually came for, the devil tries to uh, throw a temptation up to you, but Jesus actually came to get it to you. Jesus actually came that you might have and enjoy life and have and enjoy life, life in abundance. And the Amplified says, to the full till it overflows. Amen. God wants you to have life and life in abundance. Now, here's the issue. Many times we have defined life by a certain set of parameters, right? And so life to us might be actually worldly, okay? But God has a life for us that actually is such a blessing. There's no hangovers. There's no side effects of sin in it. There's no wages of death in it. It's just life 
to the full till it overflows. This life, this life here in the New Testament, the Greek word there is zoe. And what you'll see is zoe life means I have life in every area. Like it's just overflowing. I have life in my finances. Anybody want some more life in your finances, right? I have, I have life in my health, in my body. Anybody want divine health in your body? Yeah, sickness doesn't even come near you. I have life that overflows. I have life in my relationships, in my family. I have life in my mind. I have life in my social uh, life. I have life everywhere. This is what Jesus is talking about. That's the Zoe life. That means God's love and life permeates every area of our lives and overflows us. And if we, how many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us have been at a place where you don't see that and you haven't seen the fullness of life and it's like, well, Lord, I'm going to church and I'm believing for stuff, but I'm just not seeing it. Well, does that mean that this is not true? No. Does that mean that this is not paid for? No, it just means for some reason we're not walking in it. God wants us to walk in it. He wants us to walk in it. If you actually go to 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse, verses 1 through 4, you'll see, I'm not going to go there, but you can make note of that. You'll see that John the apostle says, he says, look, we tasted this life. We heard it. We saw it. It was manifested. We've, we touched these things with our hands. In other words, what John was saying is, we saw the deaf hear. We saw the blind see. We saw the dead raised back to life. We were there when not just Jesus, but Peter walked on the water, right? I'm sure he walked like that, you know. And, and, yeah, and uh, we saw it. We were there when Lazarus came out of the tomb. Yeah, right? And he came back to life and somebody had to say, loose him. We were there. We saw it. We touched these things. We experienced it. And then John goes on to say, we're telling you these things so that you can have the same experience with us. Oh, glory to God. In other words, it's not meant for us to just look at somebody else and be like, they sure are living the life of God. I wish I could live the life of God. That's the whole Bible is to get us out of that and to the place where it's working. And, and does that mean that you and I might have to change the way we think, change some of our actions? Absolutely. Well, this is one of those messages today that will change the way you think. And if you'll get a hold of it, and, and I believe I'm going to be talking on it for several weeks. We'll see. Um, you know, maybe several months, maybe several years. Who knows? And um, y'all know how it goes. And... Uh, but here's the thing. Actually, when I preached this message the first time, I told our leadership team, I said, this needs to be what's in our hearts and in our mouths for the rest of time. Yeah. This message. Because it's a huge message. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to probably say something in a few minutes, and it's going to challenge what you think. It's going to challenge you. And you're going to be like, is that right? I don't think that's right. <laughs> But I'm going to show it to you in the Word so that God's saying it, not just Pastor Brian. Amen? Um, and it'll challenge you. So get ready. And when it comes, don't blow up and huff and puff and, and blow the doors down when you go out. Don't do that. Don't, just, just hold on. I don't think it'll challenge you too bad, but it, it'll, probably, it'll probably push a button or two, maybe, which I don't mind. Go, go real quickly to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. Put it up on the screen. 
I, I like this scripture. It's one of my favorite as a pastor. It might not be yours, but it's one of my favorites. It says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, all discipline. How much? All, all discipline. Every bit of it. For the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, who have been trained by discipline, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I'm after the peaceful fruit of righteousness in you today. And the discipline is maybe we've not been thinking correct about some things. And that specifically is what I would call the two parts of life. And so we're going to look at that. God wants you to have life to the full till it overflows. And, and discipline in the word of God, God's word is our standard. Not your experience, not my experience, not my feelings, not your feelings. What's the standard? The supernatural word of God that has proven itself through prophecy. That is a supernatural book. It's proven itself through prophecies. It's proven itself through the manifestation of power. Anybody ever prayed? Let me just ask you this. Have you ever prayed and uh, you, you didn't see it come to pass? I have. I have. But have you ever prayed and you know... I was hitting it. I was on faith. I was on the scripture. And you prayed and you saw the, something supernatural happen. Anybody? Raise your hand. You've seen the power of God. Look at that. Almost everybody in here. Because when we apply this book properly, God can manifest the supernatural. This book is a supernatural book. And it is our standard. Not me. Not you. Not what grandma said, the word of God. Amen. He said, man will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We want life to the full till it overflows. And so we're going to go to the word today and we're going to see that. And uh, when God's finger of discipline touches an area in your life that you go, I don't know if that's right or not. Just, just hang on, give yourself to God's discipline, not man's thinking, yeah. not man's commentary. But the word, give yourself to the word, and that discipline will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Yeah, amen. Amen. amen? Anybody want that peaceful fruit of righteousness? Yeah. How many people want the fullness of the, the life of God? Yeah. The Zoe life of God. Amen. Then let's go after it. The two parts of life. I want you to repeat this with me. The two parts of life. The parts of life. Part, one. Part one. Receive love from God. Part two, Part two, give love, give love to, God. to God. Now, is that all that complicated? Okay, series over. You got it. There you go. Y'all think that's it? It actually is that simple. <laughs> it's how we've applied that is <laughs> the issue. It's how we've applied it. All right, so part one, receive love from God. Part two, give love to God. Part one, receive love from God. Part two, give love to God. So we had a graphic for this when I preached this years ago and basically it showed God here and us here which, and it showed part one, love coming down from God and then part two, love going back up to God, right? And so we've got to get into the place to receive love from God. Now here's the issue. Part one is not know 
that God gives love, part one is actually receiving it. Actually grabbing a hold of it and by faith saying, I receive that. Have you ever been going through something and it's just painful and uh, you want God just to come in and fix it? And it's like, he just needs to come and fix it. I just want him to fix it. Fix me. And the issue is, all of our circumstances and our stuff has got us so much in a bind that it's almost like a, a sponge that you have wrung so tight that it's so tight there's no air in it anymore. And if you ran water over it, no water could flow through it because it's, it's bound so tight, right? We've got to be like a sponge that's unbound, ready to receive. And so a lot of times the cares of the world will bind us up, the thoughts, the stuff that's going on, you know, things in the family, things in bodies and sicknesses and all the stuff going around. And it'll bind us so tight, God could be pouring out his love, pouring out the life-giving water of God, and we wouldn't be able to receive a bit of it. It'd just run right past us because we're not in a place of reception. Part one, receive receive the love of God. We've got to get into a position to receive. Amen? So we can't be so bound up. By, there's multiple things that can do that. But we can't be so bound up that we can't receive from the Lord. I'll watch it sometimes. I'll know somebody's going through something. And uh, I'll just use Nicole as an example. But I'll know, I'll, I'll know somebody's going through something. They've been going through a hard time. Stuff's been hard at work. Their family's messing up. You know, baby's sick. Whatever it is, they'll be going through something. And they'll be here on Sunday morning. They're like, like dead face, you know, like, like this. And the issue is, I know until that goes away, they're not going to get any of the life of God. The anointing will help break the yoke, but they've got to do something. They've got to get into a position. They can't just be a wall like, God, I'm mad. Stuff's going on. Break down my wall. No, it's our job to yield to that. So part one is to receive the love of God. Receive it. That means we've got to get into a position of, of receiving, which means we've got to get into a place of faith. Lord, I, I do not like where I'm at. I don't like what's going on. I don't like how it feels. But Lord, when I look at you, amen. Yeah. When I look at you, Think about that. When I see you, when I look at you, Lord, when I look at you, I see a loving father. I don't see one that's holding me in this mess. I see one who's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. I don't forget any of your benefits. You're a good God. You're my comforter. You're my strength. You're the lover of my soul. You're my healer. You're my righteousness. You're my deliverer. You're my savior. And you're going to save me. And see, when you just start, when you Stop letting the devil take away who God really is because of the circumstances. Then the automatic thing is for you to go, oh my goodness, Lord, you're so good. And we move from the place where we're like a wall to God's goodness to being like a reception a good receiver, like a sponge that's ready to soak up all of the life-giving water of God. So we have to work on that. We have to work on that in ourselves because a lot of times we're just so wrapped around the axle with the problem that we are not able to see the solution. Think Peter on the water walking with Jesus. 
He walked on water. But then all of a sudden, he sees the wind and the waves. He sees the problem. How, and you would think, how can somebody do the supernatural and walk on the water and then sink afterwards? They've already done it. They've accomplished it. Because just like Peter, we can actually go from walking in it, receiving it, when we set our eyes off of Jesus, off of our solution, off of our Savior, onto the problem, we'll start to sink. Even though we've known the power of God. Who's ever known the power of God? And then all of a sudden, it just went backwards. Dang it! And I know I've been there. I've known it. But that, what is that? Is that a change in Jesus? Is it a change in God? No. It's a change in us. It's a change in our vision. It's a change in our thought process. See, if, we'll just, if we will police our thought process, oh man, we'll do ourselves a favor. Philippians 4 says, think on things. He basically says this, everything you think on, Philippians 4, 8, think on things worthy of praise. Yeah. In other words, if what you're thinking about doesn't cause you to make your hands raise and praise God, you're thinking on the wrong thing. It's that simple. It, we got to get in the place of reception. So part one, receive the love of God. God's pouring out his love. At what point is God like turned off the spout of his love? Never. As long as you, you know, the only way that you get in that place is if you completely deny Christ and you reject him, break the seal of the Holy Ghost and reject Christ. There's no more penalty. There's no more payment for your sins. And the penalty uh, now comes back to you in that way. But if you haven't rejected Christ, and the truth is, if you'd rejected Christ, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning because you wouldn't care. You could care less. You wouldn't even try to make an effort, Right. You wouldn't even care if you broke, you wouldn't even care if you denied Christ. You'd be so absent of God's love, you would have no care whatsoever. But that's not true of anybody sitting in here. The devil tries to lie to people and he tries to get them to think that they've committed the unpardonable sin. If you have questions about that, there's a link. There's actually a piece of paper out there uh, that says the unpardonable sin. That's, a, that's a, a message specifically talking about the unpardonable sin. What is it? Did I, did I do that? And you need to watch that. You know that the devil actually, most of the people, at one point there was a study done of people that were in mental institutions. And I think it was like 70% of people in mental institutions thought that they had committed the unpardonable sin. So the devil utilizes that, gets people in fear over it, and then racks their brain where they think that they're in a jam when they're actually not. And so you need to have knowledge of that. You need to know what that is and, and have some clarity from the scripture, which is our standard. And we need to know and be in a place to receive. See, they're not in a place to receive the deliverance of a Savior because they think that they're not worthy of his love. They're not in a receptive place. And until they understand that Jesus made them worthy to receive, when he, they understand that, now they can receive it. But they got to get that in them. they got to get to the place where they're ready to receive. That's part of what this series is about, is being in the place where we can receive his love. Second part is we give love to God. God's love empowers us, and then we give that love back to him. Two parts of life. Now, uh, I, I have a... Uh, 
up until the point where the Lord gave me this message some years ago, I think it was 2016, up until the point until God gave me this message, uh, I had a very good relationship as a pastor with what I call the list. The list. Okay? And uh, that was how I pastored. So let's say that, that Buddy messed up and uh, Buddy did something wrong. Then I would give Buddy the list. All right? Here's what you did one, wrong, part one, two, three, four, five, six. And I would, I would know pretty much the list of everybody that I was pastoring. And as soon as they messed up, I was just waiting for the moment. Just waiting for the moment when they would say, when they would come in all humility and submission and go, Pastor, what do you think I did wrong? Well, let me give you the list. <laughs> let me give you, because I'm thinking this is the moment when they finally get to a place of humility. Let me give them the list. Glory to God. The problem was it wasn't working. And we went for years, and it was like we had a little bit of advancement, but really the only advancement we had in it were, was in people that were super diligent. Right? That really, really, really were hungry to go forward. But if they weren't super hungry to go forward, we generally would lose them over time. Why? Because I was setting them up for failure. And I'll show you how. I was setting them up. As their pastor, I was setting them up for failure. But man, I couldn't, I was, I thought this is the moment, this is the turning moment of their life when they'll say, what do I need to fix? And so I would see things in their life and I'd be like, oh, Johnny has a problem with this, uh, Nicole has a problem with this. And then, you know, I wouldn't actually have a list, but in my, in my heart and in my mind, I'd be like, Nicole does that, Chris does this, Greg does this and this. And <laughs> Mark does this. Oh, I've seen that same thing over in Buddy. And Buddy does that too, right? And so I just have this running tally in my head. And I wasn't trying to judge them. I was just like trying to help them. That was my idea of help. That's how, that's how I helped myself. Like, let me find what I'm wrong in and, and point it out. And... That's not entirely bad, but there's some problem with it, and you're going to see that. And so I would give people the list, and the people that were really hungry would change a little bit. We'd see some of the power of God, and then the Lord brought me to the two parts of life. Instantly, things changed. Instantaneously, because of the revelation of the two parts of life. And I want to give it. So we, I, before that, I had very limited success. Now, some years ago, uh, I actually had somebody that was telling me their thoughts about church. And they made a statement along these lines. In a church, and decide if you agree with this or not. In a church, one of the main things that should be taught are the connections between sin and punishment and between obedience and the blessing. Would you agree with that? One of the main things they need to be taught. The cause and effect of sin versus obedience. The punishments versus or walking in the curse versus walking in the blessing. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. 
I would agree with it. However, please understand that these are major doctrines in the Bible. These are major things of doctrine in the Bible. But if that's the main thing that we teach without balance, I want you to understand that that's a payment. That's a payment. I want to be blessed, so I do this. Any heathen can do that. I want money, so I go to work. Right? You don't. Where, here's the question. Where's the love in it? Is there love necessarily in it? You can have love in it, but is love the driving factor or is your bottom line the driving factor? Right? Where's the love in it? Where is the place where, all right, I'm not doing this just to get blessed or just to avoid the punishment. I'm doing this because I love God. Isn't that the way, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that, uh, think about this, what Jesus said. The greatest commandment. Follow the list. Is that what he said? The greatest commandment. If you want to be blessed, do this. That's not what he said. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The greatest commandment, avoid punishment, don't sin. That's not what it says. The greatest commandment, if you want to be blessed, do good. No, that's not what it says, is it? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So see, it, we can get to the place in church, and then I want you to see something. Our corrupted flesh... There's something in it that's majorly wrong in the corrupted flesh. It wants to pay a penalty for what it does wrong, and it wants to remind you of the wrong that you've done so that you're always paying and making a payment. But there's a major problem with that because there's already been the highest payment made in the giving of the life of Jesus Christ, and we will never pay anything higher than that. Years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, it's not a payment. And he was saying that about one thing, but then it carried on into other things. He, he said, because, you know, growing up in Word of Faith circles, the natural thing for the corrupted flesh to do is to take faith, which is a godly and spiritual thing, and turn it into the law where I'm paying faith so I can have my healing. I'm paying faith. And God said to me, he said, faith is not a payment. It's not a payment. Faith is simply trusting that God's already made the payment. Faith in itself is not a payment. You're, Jesus already made the payment and you will never pay more. You'll never pay more than he... So which one? And, and just think about that. If I could receive Jesus' payment for myself or I could pay something for myself knowing that I will never pay as much as Jesus, which one do I really want applied? Do I want Jesus' payment applied or do I want to apply my own payment? Jesus. Like if in terms of dollars, if his payment is $1,000, my payment's like one. Right. Like how much is my payment going to buy me? 
I don't want what my payment can buy. I want what his payment can buy. So why would I try to turn what I'm doing into a payment when he's already made the payment? And let me just say this. Your time with the Lord in fellowship, not a payment. It's not a payment. Your, Your reading of Scripture, how many chapters, how many verses you read, how many minutes you read today, not a payment. Not a payment. Now, we're going to get to what it is, but I can tell you what it isn't right now. It's not a payment. It's not a payment. You're winning souls to the Lord. It's not a payment. You're being at church. Not a payment. Not a payment. It's not a payment. There's been a payment paid. It's the the life of Jesus Christ, and you will never pay more. Get out of the mindset of making a payment. It's not a payment. And Well, you might say, well, what is it? Glad you asked. We'll get to that in a minute. Just hang on. It's not a payment. So understand that if we try to make a payment, then we're living by what the Bible refers to as the letter of the law. In other words, if I do this right, I'll receive right things. If I do this bad, I'll receive bad things. That's the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. So now, does that mean that we throw away holiness like it doesn't matter? God, you know, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, you know, if I if I see that and then I just don't care about what I do, that's what we're referring to today as a greasy grace doctrine. In other words, I have grace and I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. The Holy Spirit says, God forbid. Matter of fact, if you want to talk about grace, you go over into Titus and it says that grace, it shows us that grace empowers us to live godly. The effect of grace is not that you can live unholy or unrighteous. The effect of grace is that you live more holy. Well, how's that happen? We're going to talk about that. Hang on. Quit pushing me. Quit, quit asking me all these questions. We'll get to them, okay? Gosh. Please understand that these are major doctrines in the Bible. What, what things am I talking about? Sin will equate to punishment. Walking in, in righteousness and holiness will equate, and obedience will equate to blessings. That is doctrines in the Bible. But listen, if that's the main thing we teach without balance, that is the teaching of the law and not salvation by faith. It's salvation by payment. Can you see that? In other words, I'm getting my own salvation because I'm paying right living. That means that we are interjecting our payment instead of Jesus, and don't we have salvation by faith? Salvation by faith is saying, Lord, I see you paid the payment. I see your character and nature, and I believe in who you are and what you've done, and by faith I believe that I have received it, and now I have salvation. Okay. Well, then where does walking holy come in? Because it does come in. It definitely is a part of it. And, and hold on, we'll get there. All right, so for example, here's where people can say, I need healing, so I'm going to pay holiness. I need healing. I need, I need prosperity, so I'm going to pay uh, reading up on prosperity scriptures. And so in our minds, can you see how... And, all right. You don't have to raise your hand, but am I pushing some of your doctrine buttons yet? Are you seeing some of the problems 
in what I'm saying, and, and I'm going to fill them in, but give me a second to get to the word and the scripture on it. But can you, you don't have to raise your hand, but can you feel the uneasiness off of what you've been taught all your life at church? And, and that's what I want you to see, because our whole doctrine in America has been make payments. Our doctrine in America has been make payments. Now, ultimately, the end result of what we're talking about will mean you walk more holy than you ever have in your life. But it'll be empowered to walk that way, not, not trying to make a payment and going on your own power. It'll be empowered by God. And that's what this series is about. Not getting it done in your own power, but letting the power of God help you to walk more holy and actually receive more life. Two parts of life. I need, I need prosperity, so I'm going to pay reading scripture and memorizing scripture on prosperity. You know, I need, I need some peace. So I'm going to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to spend more time. I'm going to grow my faith. And you can see how what we've been trained to do is give payments, 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 payments. And, and every time our subconscious goes to make a payment for something, we're taking away from the payment that Jesus has already done. We're not esteeming that like it's as big, and we're esteeming what we do higher. So in the essence of doing that, we start worshiping ourselves. Can you see the problem here? Can you, can you see there's a, there's a glitch? And if you'll notice from the garden, as soon as sin came in and corruption, as soon as we were a sinful people, our flesh, our corrupted flesh, wants to make a payment. It wants to pay the price for it. Here, watch this. It doesn't believe that we're worthy of forgiveness. It doesn't want to believe that. It wants to believe that we've got to carry the weight of it for the rest of our lives. Well, we're just in this earth. We're old, dirty sinners. Our, our sin is as dirty, filthy rags, which is what the Bible says. But that's what it's talking about before you received Jesus, before you became a completely new creation. You are not the same. You are now made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are not the old sinner anymore. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. It can't be the same. Yeah. There's an old movie. Uh, I think Robert De Niro's in it. I think it might be called The Mission, and I'm not sure that it's good to watch. I don't remember. I just remember, so don't just go out and buy it or anything. Like, Pastor said that was a good movie. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. But I think if that's the movie, it's, you know, in the Catholic Church, they have something called penance. And it's basically, you have to pay something. Even, even like, Father, I've sinned, okay, good do so many Hail Marys and everything. That's a penance. That's paying a penalty. That's making a payment for your sin. It's messed up in theology in that way. But one of the, thing, one of the things that you see in this movie is this guy has messed up, and so he, he's just sitting there. Oh man, just thinking about this makes me want to cry because I see the love of God in it. 
and uh, he's sitting there and he's been bad. He's done wrong things. But now he's received Christ. But he has this mindset of a corrupted flesh that thinks I need to pay for the wrong that I've done. And so they're actually going on a trip, I think like in the Amazon or something like that. And he's got all this weight that he's carrying. There's like a big cargo net with all of their gear. And he's saying, I will carry all of y'all stuff and I'm carrying my stuff and I'm going to carry. And so he, they're like climbing this mountain and he's got this big cargo net of gear and he's struggling and he's struggling and he's He's struggling. And what is he doing? Why is he doing that? Because even though he's received Christ, he doesn't have revelation of God's righteousness that he's made him. And he feels like, I still have to pay. I did too much wrong. I have to pay. He's trying to make a payment. And so what that means is he's not fully receiving and in the place of receiving God's love, part one, to, of what Jesus has already done. And he's trying to pay. And they watched him do this for days and days. And finally, the elder priest, he went up and they're climbing up this mountain. It's like 200 foot, 300 foot mountain face. And they're climbing and this guy's struggling. He's been struggling. And they try to help him. He say, no, I need to do it. He, he felt like I've got to make this payment for what I did wrong. And finally, the priest, without saying a word, but there was word spoken. Jesus has done. He set you free. The priest whips out his knife and he goes and he cuts that rope and all of that baggage falls down the cliffs and just explodes everywhere and, and what he does in a moment is he relieves that man of the penalty. Your payment's done. There's nothing left to pay. Jesus has set you free. Why are you walking with baggage anymore? I won't let you and he cuts it. <laughs> the first time I ever saw that movie I didn't know that scene was coming up and I'm watching this guy and, every, and that priest went and cut it and I just saw the grace of God and, and the love of God and the salvation of God to relieve us from those payments and I was like oh God that's so good you know I, was, I lost it and uh, I remember that moment from then because I realized how much have we carried and we beat ourselves up the Bible says in Romans 8 Verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. King James says, those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. There's no weight. There's no condemnation. There's no damnation. There's no penalty for those who walk after Jesus. It's not there. It's not there. It's been cut. They've been freed. Now, so people can say, I need healing, so they go make a payment. Three major problems, I've already covered them basically. Three major problems with this thinking. Number one, Jesus already paid the price. Number two, we receive by faith, not by payment. So that's contrary to all of the Bible. We receive by faith, not as a payment. Three, and here's where your balance comes in. We should do those things already simply because we love God. Not because we have to pay for something, but Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. See, our love, our love for God should make us want to be holy anyway. Our love for God should make us want to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Our love for God should, should say, I, I'm not making a payment here. I'm loving the Father, the two parts of life. I receive His love 
and now I give love back. His love empowers me to love him properly. And what does loving him properly look like? I keep his commandments. So now I'm not keeping commandments out of my own guilt and condemnation. I'm keeping commandments because I've been empowered by reception of his love. And now just think about it. How much could I do in my own strength versus how much I can do with his strength? Shouldn't I be able to love better? Shouldn't I be able to walk more holy? The two parts of life. But here, here's another point. James chapter 2 and verse 10. See, if we go into living by the law and not living by love, and if we're walking in holiness to try and make a payment, we're living by the letter of the law. We're living by the list. Do this, don't do that, right? Can't you see the signs, right? <laughs> thank you, thank you. But that's just it. Do this, don't do that. Do this, do this, don't do this. And we're living by the list. Now we're living by making a payment and we're living by what the Bible calls the law. Look at James chapter 2 and verse 10. It says this, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. So if I live my life trying to keep the list, I'm going to miss one point. And if I miss one point, I'm now guilty. And the whole law, I'm guilty according to the whole law. So how good is my payment? If I miss one payment, how good is, are any of my payments? They're all null and void. So as a pastor... You know, when, when Buddy messed up, he wasn't even here then, but when Buddy messed up, and he'd be like, what am I doing wrong? Help me to do that. I'd be like, let me tell you the list. And I started giving him the law. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. And I started giving him this. Can he keep all of these things? Is he going to keep all of these things? No. So by me giving him the list, I immediately sentenced him for all of his payments to be null and void. Every one of them. So I immediately handed him failure. Hey, good pastor, way to go. That's awesome. Which is why I had to repent. Because I realized and I came to the revelation, every time I keep giving people the list, this is where you're messing up, this is what you need to fix, I was giving them something they couldn't uphold in their own strength. They had, to, they had to do these things because they love God, not because they were making a payment. Not because they were making a payment. And if they do these things, there's great promises. We'll talk about that in just a second. But if you try to live by the law and you mess up in one, every bit of the law is null and void. So who here needs to live by the law? Who wants to live by the law? Goodness knows. Hey, I know just as well as you do. All of us, we all messed up. If we got to live by the law, we're all messed up. All messed up if we got to live by the law. So who wants to live by the law? That's what I thought. Who wants to live by faith and by the love of God? 
and let God's love show us how to walk holy and increase our lives. Watch this. At the same time, this, and all right, trouble, trouble, Galatians 6, 7. At the same time, there is cause and effect. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't take your life and just play with it and go do whatever you want to do. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So at the same time, I want you to hear this, there is cause and effect. And if we walk in sin, there are effects of sin. If we walk in holiness and obedience, there are blessings to it. So they're there, but how do we get to doing the right thing is the issue. There's cause and effect, absolutely, even if you just listen to the verse I quoted in King James. Put that up, please, Romans 8.1. If you just listen to that verse, he says, who's going to set me free from this law? Who's going to set me free from this condemnation in Romans 7? Then he comes into Romans 8, one of the best chapters in the Bible. I love Romans 8. And in Romans 8, 1, he says, who will set me free from this condemnation, this death? Who will? Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 1, for now there is therefore no condemnation for, to them who are in Christ Jesus, and watch this, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So even here you see that when we come into Christ Jesus, our actions should change. And I can walk free of condemnation. I'm going to show you something here. I can walk free of condemnation if I'll continue to walk in that way. So there is cause and effect. God's not mocked. If you do bad, there's bad repercussions. You do good, there's good repercussions. That is absolutely a truth. And people need to know it. And they need to examine that and know those things. But the issue is, how do they get there to that walk? Do they get there because of the list and follow, trying to follow the letter of the law empowered by their own stuff and making their own payments? Or do they get there empowered by God's love and their love for God strengthens them to walk holy and by the Spirit? Because the result of that beginning changes everything in your walk. So what's the right way to approach this? Look at this, John 14 and verse 15. Jesus makes this statement, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So what people have done is they've said, okay, I want to love God, so I need to keep his commandments. And they go right to the list and start trying to knock them out by their own power. But the issue is, how do we come to love God? See, if we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. But the issue is, how do we get to the place of God's love in the first place? Well, go to 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19. So can you see that people will come up here to the altar, Oh Lord, I take you as my Lord and Savior. They'll receive their salvation if it's a good altar call. They'll receive their salvation by faith. But then they're taught, now you walk holy. And so immediately, many times, the church in America has immediately said, here's the list. 
And so we gave them a supernatural salvation at the altar and then we turn them around and get them walking in the natural, walking by the law, of which they are not going to fulfill all the pieces of the law and they're immediately going to fail. Anybody ever seen that in church? Anybody ever lived that? My goodness, I have. And I'm going to tell you two stories near the end of this where you're going to see how this worked and we've been applying it ever since then and we've been getting better and better at applying it and we've seen more and more of the power of God, of the love of God and we've seen real change in people's lives. In 1 John 4.19 it says, We love, why? Because he, what? First loved us. You see, we can't keep his commandments if we don't love God. If you love me, you'll keep his commandments. We can't keep his commandments right if we don't love them. Watch this. But we can't love them if we haven't received his love. And we got things standing in the way, hard time, world's gone crazy and everything, like I don't even know what's going to happen. And we come into church, we're not going to receive his love like that. But when we come in with our eyes set on Jesus, Lord, oh man, there's a storm swirling. It's a demonic storm. It's a death storm. And, and you're telling me, hey, let's walk on the water. If I'll keep my eyes on you, I can do the supernatural. I can walk. I can, I can fulfill the list, but it's not really the list to me. It's just me loving you. Right? But as soon as I set my eyes on other stuff, I, I, watch this, just like Peter, he took his eyes off of God's love made manifest on the earth and he stopped receiving the love. And as soon as he stopped receiving the love, as soon as he stopped taking his eyes, as soon as he took his eyes off of the love of God made manifest. He started sinking. He stopped doing the supernatural. See, our walk of love is a supernatural walk. Hear that. Our walk of holiness and love is a supernatural walk. You can't do it without the supernatural. We've thought that we could do it by making a payment but you can't do it without the supernatural. And you can't have the supernatural until you've received part one, the love of God as your salvation. You can't do it till you've received it. So I'll be in situations sometimes and they look impossible. They look impossible. And I'll just say, yeah, I need to receive the love of the Lord. Lord, I see you for who you are. I praise you. Lord, it doesn't look like this as it can ever be worked out, but I know you. You're the God of, of the possible. You're the, you're the possible God. Yeah. You, you make impossibilities possible. Yeah. I see who you are. I know what I'm feeling, and it doesn't feel good, and I want to cry and pout like a, like a teenager and like a, like a spoiled brat kid. That's the way my flesh is. Think of your flesh as a spoiled brat kid. That'll help you put it in its place, okay? And uh, I, I want to cry and pout and throw a temper tantrum. I don't want to receive, doggone it. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and no, but I see you. Yeah. I see who you are. I don't forget 
any of your benefits. You're not withholding any good thing for those who walk up righteously. And I'm going to walk right. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe on you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you no matter what kind of death, demonic storm has been swirling around my life and in my head. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I see my salvation. I lift my eyes to the hills from where my salvation comes. On purpose, I look and I lift my faith towards you. On purpose, I see my life. I see my Savior. I see my salvation. And by faith, Lord, I receive you. I've got to receive that love. And as I receive it, now I'm empowered to step out of the storm, on top of the storm. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. In other words, we are empowered supernaturally because we received his supernatural love. Now think about this. Can you love God if you don't receive it first? No. And this counts for us when we first get born again, but it also counts when you need healing. All right, Lord, you know, I need healing. You know, at one, one point a while back, uh, I, was, I was working. I used to have a chemical company. I'd moved 55-gallon drums all the time. They weigh 500 pounds each approximately. And, uh, and I can pick them up. I can pick them up all, off the ground if they're laid over. And many people don't believe it can be done. It can be done. And um, there's ways to maneuver that and everything. But, of course, when you're doing that enough times, I hurt my back. I, I strained it. I stressed it. You know, I'm, I, who knows what I did to it? What do I need? Who, who did it to myself? Me. I did it to myself. What do I need? I'm the one who did it to myself. Shouldn't I pay the penalty of it? God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, stupidity, that shall he also reap. <laughs> Didn't I sow it? But God is also merciful. And when I recognized my stupidity, I repented of it. I said, Lord, I, that was dumb. Let me, you know, I did it the wrong way, tried to be a man, all this stuff, blew out my back, you know, things like that. What do I need? Do I need to keep paying the payment for the rest of my life? No, Jesus already paid the payment for that. Lord, I lay my stupidity on the altar. I'm so, I, I repent. I missed it. I missed it. I ask you to forgive me. I need, I need your help and your wisdom. What do I need? If I'm going to move to the place where I'm healed, I've got to supernaturally, part one, receive his love first. And so, so salvation, receiving his love works for me at the altar when I'm receiving Jesus, but he's our ongoing salvation. When I face a moment, he's already paid the price for that. I just, I look to him and say, Lord, I know I did it to myself. I know I was stupid and I said that thing I shouldn't have said. I know that. Lord, I repent of it. I get myself into the place of reception and Lord, I receive, I believe in your love, and I receive it by faith right now. All of a sudden, that love comes in, and then it empowered me with the wisdom of how to get it fixed. He empowered me with what to do. In other words, and then as he shows me what to do, I just walk that out, no matter if my flesh likes it or not, but I'm empowered by his love. Our love, our love is empowered by his love. We love because he loved us first. So I can't do the supernatural and move in the supernatural until I receive the supernatural. I can't move in his love until I receive his love. 
So part one is I must become a great receiver of God's love. And then if I can receive his love, I can do the miraculous. If you can receive his love, you can do the, the supernatural. But we've got to become good receivers of his love. No matter what God is there. And if, if we have sin standing in the way, then learn how to get it out of the way. Confess. Repent. Move on into complete forgiveness where you don't, you don't look at it anymore and God doesn't even remember it. Move to that place and receive his love. And here's the thing. Romans 2, 4. He says this. How many people ever wanted to change? I'm not looking at you. You ever wanted to change something in your life? You've been trying and trying and trying. Watch this. Romans 2, 4. Don't you know that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? So see, when they're trying to uphold the list, how, how empowered are they to change? Not. Because they're going to fail in one point of it, and that's going to blow it all away. But when they get good, become good receivers of their love, his goodness will cause them to say, I'm not going to do that like that anymore, and change. In other words, reception of part one, receiving God's love, will actually help people change more. Remember when I told you our experience was we'd see people change, but not as much as we should. As soon as we change this, we started seeing people change all over the place. They actually had true God-given repentance and godly sorrow, and they started stepping up into new levels of life. They started walking in more holiness than they ever had been before. I've watched it with my eyes now over time since the Lord gave, gave this to me, and I've watched people where they were, so, they were trying to get to the next level and trying and trying, and I teach them to receive God's love. I teach them to receive God's love, and all of a sudden they just pop right up to the next level. Right. Why? Because it's the goodness of God, His love received, that leads men to real change, yeah. to real repentance. I've watched it time and time again. And then, watch this, now that we're empowered by God's love, and we're empowered to change and walk holy, look at this verse, John 15, 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love. So now watch this. I'm empowered by God's love. God's love gives me a supernatural power. It brings about a supernatural change. Now if I'll just keep walking in that change, I'll stay in the place of reception. I'll stay in his love. So now I'm in an unending cycle of God's love and I'll never move out of it if I don't, if I don't change that. If I just stay here in the receptive place of God's love. I receive his love, I walk out his love. I receive his love, I walk out his love. Look at this verse. If you keep my commandments empowered by his love, then you will abide in my love. So God gave us a way to enter into his love and then stay in his love. Oh, glory to God. Just stay in it. Hallelujah. I feel like three stooges. Whoop, 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 whoop. He gave us a way to stay right there in that place. How many people, you've like gone in and out of God's love? Like we're doing a dance. That was not graceful. 
And, and it's like we're in and out, and we're in and out of God's love, and we go into His love, then we're out of God's love, then we're into His love. God's given us a way to enter into His love and never go out. Part one, receive my love. Part two, give love back to me by walking how I ask you to walk in holiness. Part three, God says, out of that holiness, you'll stay in my love and you'll keep in the place of reception. I'll keep feeding you supernaturally. And you'll stay there. You can stay there for the rest of your life. Read, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that your joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Say it with me. Full. Full joy. Full life. God wants us full. Can you see right now how we went to the list, churches taught us the list, and we've actually stepped right out of the supernatural power of God and lived there for years and years thinking we were doing the right thing, wondering why it wasn't working. And it all came down to the two parts of life. Receive God's love from him and then give love to him. And you can stay in that place, walk in holiness, stay in his love, keep his commandments, stay in his love, stay in his supernatural power, and then have the supernatural also working in our life, empowering us, strengthening us, giving us the support that we need. We can have his supernatural love where we're not in and out all the time. We're not up and down. No, we just stay in that place. Because we, number one, receive Part two, we give it back to them. Two parts of life. Say it with me. Two parts of life. Part one, receive love from God. Part two, give love to God. I want you to see this. This is important. It's funny how Buddy brought up a scripture that was in the message. Nicole brought up a scripture that was in the message. You can see the Holy Spirit knitting this together today. 2 Corinthians 9.10. I want you to see. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. And I want you to pay attention to this last part. Put your eyes on it. 2 Corinthians 9.10 And you will increase the harvest of your righteousness. God's not mocked whatsoever man sows that we also reap. Here's the issue and there's a major revelation Everybody who's righteous doesn't have the same harvest. So see, I can be righteous and going to heaven, but I'm living by the list most of my life. I'm not going to have a, a good harvest because I'm living a legal list. I'm trying to sow legally. I'm, try, I'm trying to sow money and reap a supernatural harvest, but I'm doing it out of a payment instead of doing it because I love God. You know, have you noticed, I think most of y'all have caught on now, but when she goes to pray over the offering, what do I do? I stand up, I hold up that offering to God. Why, why do I do that? It, you know, I didn't want everybody necessarily just to follow me. I think y'all would be like, well, pastor's doing it, I'm going to do it. You know? and, but what am I doing? I, I'm, letting, I'm, I'm positioning myself. This offering that I'm giving, this is not a payment. This is a worship this offer, Lord, I give this to you. This is a part of my worship. I remind myself in that moment as she's praying over it and blessing it, I'm reminding myself, Lord, I'm giving this to you because I love you. 
Lord, I love you. I love you. And see, I'm not sowing out of a payment to try and reap a harvest. I'm sowing because I love you. Now, I'm believing for a harvest because that's what love does too. Because he made promises that if you'll sow, you will reap. So by faith in love... I'm actually receiving and believing that I receive a harvest, not out of legalism and not out of a payment. It's because I know that he's going to do it. I know he is. So if we would get our actions to be actions of worship, actions of our love, when we read the scripture, I'm doing this because I love you. You know, the days, the days that I haven't read my Bible, the days that I haven't gotten in into the Word or I haven't spent time with God, I'm not upset because, oh my goodness, I hadn't read the Word. Oh, my blessings are going to fall to pieces. Oh God. Now that would be by the list. No, I'm upset because, Lord, I, Lord, I wanted to spend time with you and I missed it. I am, I'm sorry. I wanted to love you. I missed time to love on you today. I missed time to receive your love. And so I'm not upset because I didn't make a payment. I'm upset because I didn't have the fellowship of God's love with them. It drives me. It motivates me. His love motivates me. We love because he first loved us. Everybody that knows Jesus has made the righteousness of God in Christ, but not everybody has the same harvest. Are you tired of seeing other believers have a harvest and you're not walking in it? then that means we need to take a look at what's our motivating factor. What's our why? Because most of the time our why is to do something on the list instead of I want to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to, I want to love him. When we applied this, I want to tell you two examples of what happened. When, when I was going through this and I was getting revelation of this, you have to understand, you know, I was happy. I was looking for that magical moment when somebody at the church would say, what am I doing wrong? And I'd be like, here's the list. And I'd tell them, tell them what that is. And then while I'm getting revelation of this, I realize I've been doing this all wrong. No wonder we've not been seeing fruit. No wonder we've not been seeing real repentance and change in people. No wonder the power of God's not been flowing like it's, I read it's supposed to be flowing in there. No wonder. Well, sure enough, my revelation is tested just a few days later because I get a phone call from somebody and they had taken an action and it wasn't a major mess up. It was just a maybe didn't pay attention to God for a few minutes, you know. And uh, they called me and they said, Pastor, I think I messed up. And, and when I got messed up, I got hurt. And, and I think I messed up. And, and what did I do wrong? And then here was old pastor. What did you do wrong? <laughs> and in that moment, the Holy Ghost went, no, nope, no. <laughs> and I went, sorry. Uh, what? He's like, no, that's how you used to do. You used to give him the list because I was about to go down the list. You know, well, here you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. I was about to go down the list. He said, that's not how you're supposed to do it. I went, can I call you back in a few minutes? And uh, so they said, yeah. I said, hung up. And I said, you know, because that's what you used to do when you had phones that had cradles. You would put them back on the cradle. <laughs> I just showed my age and didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> call you right back. 
So I said, I'll call you right back. And then I was like, okay, Lord, two parts of life. I know I'm supposed to give him two parts of life. How? I don't know what to say. I want to give him the list. I want to give, hey, do this, don't do this, don't do this. You know? And I was like, what do I say? And praise God, you know, the Lord's so gracious and merciful. I was like, I don't know what to do. As a pastor, like, how do I do that? How do I get the two parts of life to them? And he told me what to do. I picked up the phone, called him back. I said, hey, I said, and this hurt me. This hurt me in my logic. This, this hurt my logic. I said, I know that you asked me what you did wrong <laughs> and you needed to change. And, it's, and I'm going through the list in my head. But, but, I know that you asked me, but for a second, watch this. See, the issue is, if I try to give them part two before they have part one, this is not going to work. They're going to take a logical responsibility of the list and the law instead of receiving God's love first. I said, I know, that you've, I know that you've asked me what you did wrong and what you need to change. But before, and we, and we can talk about that later if you want to. <laughs> Old pastor was going, no, we need to talk about it. I need to give you the list. I need to go right to the law. That was what I was thinking the whole time. But I know that you asked me about that. And we can talk about it if you want to. If you want to. Because I'm testing this now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying it out. Like, okay, if God's goodness leads to repentance, let's see. So I'm not even going to tell them that we're going to talk about it. If they really have true repentance, they'll bring it back up to me. Right? Because God's goodness leads to repentance. So I said, so for right now, I just want you to forget about that question. Set it to the side. Bring it back up if you want to. I said, now let's talk about what you need. I said, Romans chapter 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10 says this, that when we were helpless, we were sinners, and we were enemies of God, that's when Christ died for us. Not when we had it all together, when we needed help. Hebrews chapter 4, I think it's 14, 15, and 16 says, we come boldly before the throne of grace, not when we got it all together, in time of need, to find help in time of need. Do you need help in this situation? Yes, I felt like an infomercial now. Do you need help in this situation? Are you having a time of need? And, and on the inside, Marine Corps pastor is having a conniption fit breakdown. Right? You need the list! It was true. You need the list. Do you need help? I can hear it on the other line. I do need help. I do need help. I really could use some help. God, <laughs> I'm being bad at joke telling because I'm tickling myself. <laughs> so, and, then, and I was like, well, listen. Forget about how you got in this place. The word shows us that no matter how you got in this place, 
God wants to help you. That's his heart. That's his character. That's his nature. No matter how you got here, God wants to help you. Yeah, there are things that got you here. And we'll deal with that later if you want to. Right now, part one, number one, let's just receive from him the help that you need. Now see, that's going to cross the grain of so many traditional preachers and me. But at this point, and this is a real story, I'm, I'm testing it, you know. I said, so let's just pray that you'll be healed right now and um, just receive from God. Forget about how you got here. God's heart and God's love is to help you. He wants to help you no matter how you got here. And we prayed, and that person got in the place. See, when they dropped the list and they dropped the law, they got into the place of reception. God, that is his character. That is nature. He will pour out his love on me right now. And we prayed, and the love of God poured out, and healing immediately started like that. And I'm sitting there on the phone like this. What? What? In, what? It worked that easy? That quick? And immediately my brain goes, this is where you've been missing all the supernatural power of God because you've been teaching people to go to the list instead of go to me. And then the next thing out of their mouth within just a few seconds was, you know, I think I need to change some things. What did you just say to me? So they receive supernatural healing, and then within seconds they're going, I want to repent. Yeah. And I went, two parts of life, it works, it works. All right, that's one, and let's have another one. I was like, praise God. And, you know, this was a part of my life. And still, even after that, I've still struggled at times where, because, you know, I, there was that old, like, you know, Pastor, what have I done wrong? <laughs> oh, dang it. I had the list, and I had to put it back up. Later that week, later that week, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to minister this, but I'm testing it like, like, is this true? Am I, is what I'm seeing in the Word true? Well, it's already proven true once. And then, we, then they were like, I think I need this. And I, here was the great thing. I think I need to change some things. And I was like, like my list, my precious, I want to give you the list. You know, I was like, and, and the Holy, thank God for the Holy Ghost. I was like, what do you think you need to change? <laughs> what do you think you need to change? And it was like, they gave me number one on the list. And I was like, oh. Then they gave me number two. I was like, holy cow. Jesus, you are awesome. Wow. Later that week, had a situation where somebody had kind of a tragedy in their family. They had a pet that had, that had gotten run over, and they were really sad about it. And that it was a bad story. And I go to their house. I go to their house, and I'm just there to love on them and comfort them. And, you know, I... My, my thinking, I mean, we love our animals and stuff like that, but they're not humans. They're not the same class as us, so we shouldn't give them the same level of love. There's a whole deception going on right now about that. They're not humans. Jesus killed one just to clothe the human, right? In Genesis, Jesus killed an animal just to clothe a human. They're a different class. God killed it, killed, killed it to give uh, clothing to Adam and Eve. 
So it's a different class, and for us to rate them on the same class, you're, that's actually a devil's deception to degrade them. However, that doesn't mean that they don't have a place in our heart. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want our joy to be full, even through pets and animals and different things. And we have multiple pets and, and um, you know, it, anyways. But I get there. And so some people today, you never know today, you can walk into a place and they're like, to them, because of not thinking the same way, they, they have just lost, you know, a brother or sister in their heart and mind. And, and they weren't quite there, but they, it bothered them, and it was bothering them bad. And I don't like losing animals, but it doesn't bother me like, like that. And um, so anyway, uh, they're, they're sitting there, and they're distraught. And, and then here's the issue, though. I know what brought this about. This, in my opinion, was an effect of a cause that they had done. They had done some things in the wrong area and opened up some doors, and I was aware of them spiritually, and I knew what had happened. And so, what did I have going on in my head? The list. I'm sitting at their table, and I'm sitting there, and it's like trial number two of Pastor Brian. And I'm getting revelation of those two parts of life. I said, I said, Lord, what do I say right here? Because I, I know pretty directly that their list is what caused this. And I hate that for them. And it bothers me. And I don't like it. But I'm pretty sure it's the truth. And uh, the Lord said, give them the two parts of life. And I said, really? I said, okay. I said, you know what? Because one of their first questions out of their mouth was, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Like, I think I know the answer to that. It's on my list. But I was like, no, give them the two parts of life. Hey, well, for a second, I want you to forget about that. The Lord had already helped me somewhere else. I want you to forget about that for a minute. Why did it happen? Because the bigger question in God is no matter what happens or when things happen or how they came about is, will you trust them in the middle of it like Job did? When the middle of it, when you don't know what happened, actually Job, it looks like, thinks God did it. And Job speaks wrong things about God, but what does he do in the first chapter? He hits his knees and worships God anyway. The question, the question was not how it happened or why it happened. The question is, do we trust God? And I said, you know, for a second I want you to forget about that. The question right now is, do you trust God? Is he a good God? Does he love you? Is he going to help you in this situation? Is he going to pull you through that valley of the shadow of death? Is he going to draw you to the place of increase in your life? Right now it doesn't feel like increase. It feels like you're wearing down. It doesn't matter how you got there. Is God going to draw you through? Is he going to help you? Will you find, if you boldly approach his throne, will you find help in time of trouble? Is, did he save us just when we had it all together? Or did he save us when we were at our worst? We were declared by him as enemies of God. And I just started talking about the goodness of God and the love of God and how pure and how perfect it is. What am I doing? I'm preparing them to receive his love and instantly the miracle comfort of the Holy Ghost came into that place and I, it's just like earlier when the healing took place. The same thing. It was like a miracle of God's comfort in their heart and in their mind and, and instantly we had the supernatural comfort of God. And as a pastor I'm so pleased because I'm like 
God, I couldn't have done that by myself. You did that through the two parts of life, not through the list. And they got in the place of reception and God's love flowed. And within a few minutes, guess what they were saying? What do we need to change? And I went, oh. I was like, how many years have I tried pastoring and it's not been working? How many years have I been trying to help people and all I had to do was give them the two parts of life? All of a sudden I saw the miracle power of God flow and I saw people actually legitimately wanting to change because they actually received a supernatural love of God and the goodness of God led them to repentance and it empowered them to walk in His holiness. And I went, glory to God. I mean, I felt, I felt like a kid that had just found a, a new magic trick that all my friends were going to be impressed with, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at this. And we went into the series on the two parts of life, and I wanted to give it to you again this morning. Has it helped you? You know, no matter what you're facing right now, no matter what it looks like or where you've been, God's the same God who's got healing and health and wholeness to pour out to you. And exactly what I've been talking about. doesn't matter what you face. You've heard me say before that when people come for help, many times we just want to talk about our list of all the stuff that's bad, all the stuff that's wrong. And the issue is I've got to get your head off of the list. And I've got to get it. You pointed, your eyes pointed to a loving Savior who loves you, who's got the best for you. He's your comforter. He's your deliverer. He's your salvation in every area that you need salvation. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your provision. He's your protection. He's your righteousness. He's our shepherd. That's who he is. And yeah, we may have done stuff to get ourselves in that position, but the best way to get out of that and to make a change in our life is to receive his love first, to receive part one and get in the place of reception. This morning, I want to, I want to invite you to get in the place of reception. Not, not, just, not just through me. I'll pray for whoever t God tells me to. And if you want specific prayer, you just get my attention, I'll pray. But let us this morning individually get in a place of reception. I'll remind you of Romans chapter 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10. When we could not help ourselves, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. I can't help myself. I'm, I'm helpless. When we were sinners, we had missed it. So maybe you're in, you're in a situation and you didn't cause it, but you found yourself in there, but you, you can't fix it. You're helpless. Maybe you're in a situation that you were the sinner and you were actually, you sinned and you messed it up. You did the wrong action. Or maybe like verse 10, you put yourself actually against God at a moment. Like I know this is wrong, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm, I made myself an enemy of God. In each one of those verses, see, those are not good places to be in no matter why you're there. But when you find yourself there, the heart of the Father is, at that moment, I send my son to die for you. I'm going to pour out supernatural love into your life, and I'm going to help you beyond what you can help yourself. You can't pay any amount in your life. If you gave your whole life, it wouldn't be as much of a payment as what Jesus did. You can't, you can't afford what I'm about to do to you. God says. Hear that. 
you can't afford the love that I'm about to pour out on you. And that love is strong enough to solve every issue, to bring every comfort, to bring every protection. That's the Father that we have. That's the Lord that we have. No matter how we got there, even of our own accord, even with a wrong heart and mind, if we'll simply turn to the Lord with open arms, get serious with God, He'll get serious with us and say, Lord, I need you. I got to have you. And I know that when I come to you boldly before the throne of grace, I'll find help, supernatural, heavenly, God-level help that will help me. This morning, I want to invite you right now. The altar is open. Don't, don't just wait on me. See, and this is something I want you to get a hold of, not just on Sunday morning, but every day for the rest of your life. Lord, I need God-level help. Then I've got to get myself in the position to receive part one. Lord, I need supernatural. I need some supernatural solutions in my life. There's a Father that's waiting on you. There's a Savior that's waiting on us to get in that position. He's already got the, the water hose of His blessing lined up and ready to just overflow us. The issue is, are we in the position of humility and repentance and reception? Lord, I receive your love today. And just let His love pour out on you. If you, you know, and, and again, it doesn't matter if you did it wrong or you didn't do it wrong. Do you need supernatural help? There's a place of reception right here at the altar where all of us can receive that help. Lord, I need your help. I need healing in my body. I need healing in my family. I need healing in my mind. I, Lord, everything's going good, but I just need to walk in more. I see that you've called me to walk in a life of abundance. I need supernatural abundance. I don't, I don't need just earthly abundance. I need supernatural abundance to do every good work that you've called me to. I'm done with this lack. I need your protection. I need your wholeness. I need your fullness. Lord, I place myself in the position of reception to receive part one. And Lord, as I receive your love, your supernatural love, Lord, I will give you my love back. I will walk in holiness. And I thank you for it. Holy Spirit, just draw our hearts to the words that we need. Draw our hearts to the place that we need to be. Thank you for it right now. Holy Spirit, draw us. Lord, I'm not going to... And remember what I said at the beginning of the message. Sometimes the place of reception is missed because we're focusing more on the problem. We're focusing on the issue. We're in our head, and we need to just get in our heart. Lord, I need you. <laughs> I got to have you. I need your help. Thank you, Lord. Get the, get the worldly stuff that's, that's choking the fruit of God's love. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your head. Get it out of your mind. I want to give a call even to everybody who's serving. I don't care where you're serving. If you need to come get in a place of reception, get here. It'll get People will get served. Don't worry about that. Thank you, Lord, for your we receive. 
Just say this with me, everybody that can hear this. Just say, Jesus, I put myself physically, mentally, and with all my heart in the position of reception. And I receive your love today. I receive it right now. I'm not waiting on it. I'm not waiting on the stars to line up or all the puzzle pieces of my mind to fit together perfectly. I receive it now. You're not waiting to give it to me. You've already deemed that I'm worthy of your love to give it. So you're not waiting. You're not holding back. So in righteousness, I get in the place of reception and I receive right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anointing of God, feel and overflow in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, receive now. Receive now. Receive now. Just say, Lord, I receive. Everyone in here, Lord, I receive. I have your love now. I have it. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I receive it. I'm not paying a payment. I'm not paying a penalty. Jesus, you paid it already. I receive your payment. Glory to God. You feel that supernatural power flowing in you? I can sense it now. It's flowing in people more than it has all day. Right now, glory to God. Oh, glory. Just receive it. Even if you don't feel it now, you're welcome. Just raise your hands and just receive it. Just become a vessel that's easy to receive. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for overflowing my life. Ho, ho. Thank you for the supernatural. Yeah, thank you, Lord. An overflow in Jesus' name. An overflow in the name of Jesus. An overflow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your overflow and your goodness. Lord, we receive everything you have for us. Thank you, Father. Lord's working out stuff in you right now. He's empowering you with his love so that you can walk in it. He's empowering you with his love to make changes in your mindset, in your heart. He's empowering you. Thank you, Father. Baby, look at me. He's empowering you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just receive his love. See how that applies to you today? See how that applies to you? Uh, see, the devil's tried to keep us out of reception. He's tried to keep us in a place where we're so wrung tight, so bound tight, we can't even receive everything God has for us. He's tried to keep us so bound tight. And it's just so simple. He loves me, and he's done everything to get it to me. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you. Just, Lord, I receive your love. 
I receive your love. I believe in your love. In the name of Jesus, love manifest now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy and an overflow. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I receive your love, Lord. I receive your love. See the simplicity of it. See, it's not the list. It's not the list. Say it with me. Say, I'm not going back to the list. I'm staying in God's love. He'll show me what to do. And I'll give him everything with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, so could I also. Let the shackles of that old list thinking, the shackles of fear be removed now in Jesus' name. Let the shackles fall off. Let there be clarity in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. No more list. <laughs> no more list. What an important message. What an important thing in the Word of God. Like the main thing. One of the main things. Thank you, Lord. No more list. No more heaviness. No more hardship. No, it's just a function and a meditation of your love. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing now. Your anointing now in Jesus' name. Yeah. It's not waiting on it. It's not figuring it all out. It's just, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you, Lord. Miss Lisa. Yeah, supernatural in Jesus' name. Supernatural. Borobabani, karabosable, borobol, yeah. Here, that's good right there. Sebla kolom, raise your hands. Seve kedekomadaram, yeah, just say, Lord, I receive now. Sovlaka, I receive. Overflow in love in Jesus' name. De koloma ata karaboso, I receive now in Jesus' name. Seblumba hat kofrekadeya, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, see, even answers and, and insight and favor, it's in His love. Yay, glory. Put your hands on your belly. Now put them here. In the name of Jesus. By faith in that name, salvation come now, no matter how, no matter where or what, in the name 
Supernatural help come now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Say, I receive it. Yeah, I have it now. It's working in me. Glory to God. The good message. Amen. One that you can take with you, make it personal. Make it personal. Thank you, Lord. No matter where or how or what, Lord, supernaturally, I receive. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive your supernatural love, and I have it. Thank you for working it in me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for an overflow. Thank you, Lord, for a supernatural love. Thank you, Lord, for a supernatural reception and a supernatural overflow in the name of Jesus. Lord, I call for new levels of living to be in Jesus' name. New levels of living. Things that he's written in your heart for years and years and years. It's time to step into them. It's time to step into them. It's time to be who God's called you to be. A believer, a child of God. Um, we did a message this week called God Level Living. And I just we will get you the link to that uh, in the broadcast that we do each day. And I think you're going to get something out of it. Lord, I hear the cry of his heart from deep within his depth. Lord, I want to live at the level you've called me to. Lord, let it be. Empower him now. Let your love that he's receiving now, let it overflow inside of him so that he can walk by that supernatural. Fill him and overflow him in Jesus' name. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost and fire to live and be marked by you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you want prayer for something specific, just come up here now or stay up here now. Yeah, now I call all of this garbage and junk over in Jesus' name. You receive it or you want to hang on to it? You want it over? Amen. Then say it. Say in the name of Jesus, it's over. It's done. I'm not having it anymore. Lord, I receive your love. My prayers aren't a payment. My walk is not a payment. It's because I love you. And I receive your love. Lord, right now, pour out your love. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Now, I wanna, I'm not done praying for you yet. I want to tell a story real quick. A lot of times when people come into a new church, I've pretty much seen everybody do this at some point. They'll come into a new church, they're looking for help, they're looking for hope, and they'll come with expectation. 
and then they'll receive. You notice when people come first, a lot of times the power of God will flow in them really strong when they first come in the first few months that they come. And then you'll see that power flow diminish. And part of it is they, they got the power and the anointing of God. It broke some stuff off of them, but they still had fleshly habits in their life. I, I cannot tell you the number of times I have done this, okay? I'm telling this for all of us so that we can go to a different level. And uh, all of a sudden, the power stops flowing because what's happened is they receive the power of God and the anointing of God, and, and all of a sudden, they, uh, they received it, but then they get home, and the devil throws something at them, and they go back to the old habit. Like, they have the power to step out of it, but they don't know that yet. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've done this, Okay. And then all of a sudden you feel like, well, it's not working. No, it's working. It's just we've got to learn to say no to the habit because I'm now broken the power of that bondage and slavery over. And then what happens is we stop expecting because we kind of fall into that trap. We stop expecting. And then you're like, well, the power flowed when I first got there, but now it's not flowing. And it's got to do with us and our reception point, our reception point. In other words, you come in, you come in today and you were expecting, I'm getting mine today, right? Guess what? You're going to get yours. You come in, you're like, well, we'll see. You're not generally not going to get anything. But if all of us would put on a receptivity and get in the place of reception, don't let all the junk that's been going on, Lord, you're bigger than that junk, and I receive right now. And the power of God will flow again, and you'll sense it. And you can walk in that all the time and never have any dips in it. Amen? Glory to God. That's for all of us. That's for all of us. If you need prayer today, I'm going to quickly lay hands on anybody that needs it, and we're going to believe that the name of Jesus is going to solve and heal and make whole anything that you need. So if you need prayer, come up now. But when you come up, the Lord, this is why the Lord had me do this, to give you an invitation of that. When you come up, don't come up. Well, we'll see. No, I'm coming up. I'm getting mine today. I, things are changing for me right here at this altar today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's over. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's over. It's over. In Jesus' name, let your anointing be. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Now, you just received that right now. Lord's pouring out into you. He's pouring out into you. See, he's solving issues. The devil would have you think that it's not, it's not done, but it is. That anointing says, when you approach me by faith, you will have what you ask for. When it's according to my word, I'll hear you, and it'll be done. If I hear you, it'll be done. Lord, we agree on that today. It's done in Jesus' name. It's done in Jesus' name. So, Thank you, Father. It's done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Today, in Jesus' name. Today, in the name of Jesus. Whole healing, fullness, overflow, peace be in thoughts and thinking. Peace be a comfort of God. Don't accept anything less from this day forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. 
Yeah, it's your day. 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 Oh, so it's your day. In Jesus' name, it's your day. Hey, is it? Is it? You receive it? Is it your day? Is it your day? Is it your day? Hey, yeah, it is. It is. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Thank you, Father. It's your day. It's your day. Thank you, Lord. Why? It's everybody's day that'll have them because he's not withholding anything. But today's your day. In Jesus' name. Hey, it's your day. It's your day. In Jesus' name, it's your day. Oh, it's your day. It's your day. My hey, it's your day. Hey, it's your day. 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 It's a day of victory for you. It's your day. Yeah, healing. Be take your glasses off. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, clarity come now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. It's your day. Lord, I receive it now. Amen. Hallelujah. It's your day. It's your day now. In Jesus' name. Clarity be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's your day. It's your day. It's your day. It's your day. Yeah. Lord, I receive everything you have for me. It's my day. I receive it. I have wholeness. I have fullness of joy and your life in abundance. Hey, it's your day. So anointing be. Flood him from the top of his head to the soles of feet. Thank you. It's your day. In the name of Jesus, all of that crack and break and be removed now in Jesus' name. Do you receive it? Do you receive it? No more of that. No more in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, broken now. Thank you, Lord. It's your day. It's your day. Thank you, Lord. Give it to him, but I'm not taking it back. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's your day. Yeah, there it is. You felt it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Two parts of life. We receive the love from God and we give love to God. Amen. We receive the love from God and we give love to God. We give love to him only empowered by receiving his love first. We love because he first loved us. Lord, we receive your love today. We're moving into giving back to you in every way possible. We thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ho, 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 freka the base day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Tell them the announcements. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alrighty, since it's Holy Spirit service tonight, we will not have youth. We'll have Holy Spirit today at four. Come ready to receive. Impact is Tuesday night at six. Woohoo! Amazing Acts, y'all. It's going to be so good. Amazing Acts is the week of September 20th through the 24th, every night at 6:30. The same thing you read in Acts. Expect, expect to come receiving. Expect to come and experience amazing acts of God. He proves his word. Then we're going to have a baptism service that Sunday afterwards. Because what an amazing act that is. Surrendering to him. If you're interested, like if you just think you might be interested in being baptized or rebaptized, if you're rededicating, sign up in the, on the kiosk. And if you have questions, we can talk to you and walk you through that. Then on September 30th, pastor's birthday, but it's breakthrough night with Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth here again at 6.30. Come hungry. He is not a tickle your toes, fluff and stuff kind of minister. He is a man who is strong in power and anointing. Come ready. All I'm saying. And then if you want more preaching and teaching like this, y'all watch the Lunch Plus. Go to whatsright.com. God wants us to be being filled. He wants us constantly fed, constantly filled. This isn't come on Sunday, then the rest of the week, there's nothingness. You eat three times a day food, we should be filling up with God's word daily, daily. So watch the Lunch, the lunch Plus. You can see it on Facebook. You can see it on YouTube. You can see it on What's Right. And that's it. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your power. But Lord, first and foremost, thank you for your love. Thank you that we abundantly receive and can pour it right back out to you. We can pour your love back to you. We can pour your love into the world because we have received an overflow of your love. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and grace. Father, I thank you that we'll take it out today as we go to lunch. But Lord, we'll come back hungry for more of you. Hungry for a night that is given to you and your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we will come back prepared to receive in full to the overflow. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great lunch, but come back hungry. <laughs> hungry.